the official podcast of the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital Medical Staff. Welcome back to Medically Necessary. Chris Honig here, joined by Dr. Jim Salwitz, as always. And Dr. Salwitz, you know we're coming up on the end of the year, so I have to ask, any New Year's resolutions? Get the COVID vaccine. De- well, that's an easy one. I think yeah, that's yeah. an easy one. You know, so that's, that is my first, and since it's two shots, it's my first and second uh, wish, for the, wish for the new year. I mean, otherwise, just you know, recover, rebuild. 2021 has got to be more positive year than the one we've just managed to fortunately survive. Yeah, you always look at it and you figure it can't get worse, but then you never say that part out loud, right? Because then it somehow does. And as we come to the end of the year, we're also coming to the end of the physician giving campaign here at Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital. And so with that, I'd like to welcome our next two guests, Dr. Mike Nissenblatt from Regional Cancer Care Associates Central Jersey, one of your partners, Dr. Salwitz, who is also your co-chair on the Physician Giving Campaign, as well as one of our physicians who has donated to that campaign, Dr. Arthur Perry. And I think it's also really critical to point out that uh, that Mike um, and his wife Marlene, uh, for this particularly critical building year of the Physician Giving Campaign, uh, uh, offered a match to anyone that donated um, to the campaign this year, which was an extraordinarily generous offer and showing his commitment. So it's, it's not only co-chair, but he was also literally a sponsor, you know, of the, of the campaign itself. And this is, uh, reality is uh, RWJ, for whatever it is, the, does not have a long, deep culture of physicians giving to the hospital. Um, and most other hospitals have much more successful physician philanthropy program. And I think Mike recognized this as being an important thing to invest in, if you will. And then critically having Art here and someone who recognized that this is important, you know, to build this institution, particularly this time. So, Thrilled to have both of you here. And I think that's where I'd like to start. Dr. Nissenblatt, what is it that drove you to take on this commitment as the co-chair of this campaign? Working in this hospital for so many years, it's the best spot I could ever have dreamed of. I never, ever thought after coming out of training that I would have an opportunity to participate and contribute to an institution like Robert Wood. The uh, fact that it happens to be late December also tells us that The world is darkest just before dawn. And we're about to have a new dawn, not just in overcoming COVID, but one of the things that this COVID pandemic has done has been to inspire extraordinary cooperation, extraordinary accomplishments by this institution. It's almost like a butterfly in its chrysalis that it had been incubating for a long period of time and it's about, to, it's about to be reborn and to be born from a capacity that appeared to be very limited to one that has unlimited capability. The uh, ability to help others is hardwired in humanity. There's a couple of great books out there right now. One is by a person by the name of Rutgers Bregman, who's Belgium. And the name of his book is called Humankind, a big emphasis on the kind. And the other book just came out a couple of weeks ago from Princeton uh, by Augustin Fuentes, which is called Why We Believe. He's not a prelate, he's not a religious individual, but he describes belief as having a commitment in a particular ideal. 
rather than having particularly structured phenomena that we associate with religion. But both of them emphasize the fact of cooperation is more important and is hardwired compared to competition. And trust is hardwired compared to distrust. But the more important one is that alliance is more hardwired than is defiance. We have in this institution an extraordinary capacity. I, I admire Jim every single time he's given one of these updates every day, every week, sometimes several times. It's incredible. He's a wonderful leader. When I first came to Robert Wood Johnson, to Rutgers, Jim was one of my students in the audience. We've become fast friends ever since then. We have arguments just like a husband and wife. I want this institution to be the most successful one in the world. I remember some of the earlier presidents when I was here, John McFadden, Bruce Topolowski. Then Harvey Holtzberg came along a few years later and said he was gonna make sure this was one of the top 10 institutions in the country. Let me tell you something. If you go back a little over a hundred years, 1910, we had a famous person uh, by the name of Abraham Flexner. He was a little man, five foot two. He had blue eyes, he was a second grade teacher. He was from Mississippi, he's a little, a little man. But he had this enormous capacity to pick out character, to pick out capability, to pick out talent. And he was selected by the United States government to survey all of the, all of the medical schools in the United States. There were 155 of them in 1910. And he came out indicating that literally all of them, because most of them were proprietary, meaning profit-making should be closed. Within two months, 30% of them were closed. And by the end of the year, about 80% of them were closed. And he picked out certain institutions that were models in which there was, an there was a hospital, like Robert Wood, a university, like Rutgers, and a medical school, like Robert Wood Johnson. And the cooperation together represented the finite, necessary fuel to create an institution that could create, that could provide new information, overcome illness, and add to the world. Flexner was then chosen, by the way, to create the Rockefeller Institute. And then he started the Institute for Advanced Studies in Princeton. And he's the one who brought Einstein up here. Well, Robert Wood Johnson is very much an institution that 110 years ago would have then have been closed down. But now it will be at the forefront of leadership because of the critical mass of scientists and educators and compassionate physicians, all of whom are on staff at Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital. I am very proud to be part of this institution. I want to succeed. I want every doctor to make some contribution, whether it's $25 or $25,000. Everyone needs to contribute something. We are in the midst of an historic evolution, and we're in the midst of about to give birth to a world-renowned hospital and university. And I'm just proud to be here, and I want to support it. And my wife, Marlene, wants to support it. I thank I mean, obviously, everything you said is near and dear to my heart. You know, we're building here, the potential here, the people here. And I think that your point about COVID 
being a part of an inflection point in time, happens to line up with several other simultaneous inflection points that are critical moment, and therefore a critical moment for people to say, yeah, this is really, really important to the future. I think um, to follow it, and you were aiming for it, I mean, I think one finds meanings and one finds meaning in life um, by creation, and I think this is part you know, of that, you know, of that creation. So, and, and I, and I persist that again, to thank you for medical staff for your personal commitment. You know, it's, it's, it's really important. So Art, what made you respond positively to this, uh, out th this uh, request at this time? Well, Jim and Mike, as you know, I, I've been uh, in the medical community here at Robert Wood Johnson since 1987. Of course I was in high school then, but, uh, <laughs> But I came uh, to the institution when it was so much smaller and uh, so much more limited. And I've watched it grow as you have and been very proud to, uh, to be part of this wonderful community. Uh, I've, I've been part of it on very uh, many levels, not just as a, a practicing plastic surgeon at the hospital, but as a recipient for my family of medical care uh, Robert Wood Johnson has taken care of both of my parents and my wife. And, uh, you know, I, they've actually, the hospital and Dr. Nissenblatt in particular have saved the lives of three of my family members more than once. And uh, in a dramatic way, my father was airlifted to Robert Wood Johnson uh, when he was going to die in upstate New York about uh, 10 or 12 years ago. And, uh, and, his life was literally saved uh, by being airlifted from upstate New York to here. When you have that kind of hospital in your community, um, that's a wonderful thing. And it's so important for all of us, the medical staff and the community members, to support the hospital. I always say you, you, you never know when you're going to need it. <laughs> and we all will at some point. And, you know, I hear stories of people, they want to move to uh, some remote location. And they forget that one of the most important things about where you choose to live is where you're going to be taken when that ambulance picks you up. And heaven forbid uh, you go to a place that's not the caliber of a Robert Wood Johnson, uh, literally your life is in danger. So as a physician, as a member of the community, I think it's so important to support the, uh, the hospital, the programs. And you know, the truth is when Mike Nissenblatt asked me to support something, I do it because... <laughs> When, uh, when Mike takes care of you, that's a very special thing, and I'm always happy to reciprocate. You know, Arthur comes from a, a remarkable family, very remarkable family. His mother was uh, very instrumental in a political party in upstate New York um, for many, many years. Well-known, well known, I'll use the word character, a well-known person with a lot of character. His father was a dentist, a terrific dentist with an extraordinary sense of humor that uh, flowed downstream to Arthur and could cite uh, poetry, usually humorous ones, uh, constantly. But he, he in turn has given birth, uh, and Madonna has given birth, to three rather extraordinary children. Their youngest is Julia, the middle is Meredith, and uh, Ben. And they're all extremely, extremely creative, kids. And I'd like Arthur to, to, I want to tell you that one of them was actually named to one of the top 30 young people under the age of 30 in the whole country. And wow. was, on the, was on the cover of, I think, Time Magazine or maybe page eight of Time Magazine. But all of his kids are like that. And, and this is the kind of person who's supporting Robert Wood. Tell us about those, Art. Well, yeah, you know, you, I, 
you're judged in many ways in life. And one of the ways is uh, what kind of children you create, right? And I have three great, great kids. Yeah, my daughter started a company uh, and uh, quite successful. My, uh, all, all three of my kids uh, have been extraordinary and uh, it's a blessing to have them. And, you know, I raised them with my wife who, who passed away earlier this year from ovarian cancer, but she, uh, you and Jim and, and the hospital kept her going 14 years long beyond what uh, statistically she was expected to, uh, to uh, be alive for. And, uh, and how could I be more indebted to you for doing that? But uh, so what goes around comes around. <laughs> you know, we want to uh, really support the people that supported us. You know, it is a remarkable community that is going through a critical time. You know, and I think it's, I think it's very interesting to think about the two private practice physicians who practice at a level that it clearly competes with any academic institution anywhere, as far as the quality of care the two of you have given and your commitment, how they are so committed to the building of an academic center. And by you know, creating an academic center, building a better tomorrow. You know, it's, you know, as you say, Art, it's very important to know that you have good hospital in your community to take care of you, which tragically is this COVID thing we're seeing around the country is not always the case. Um, it's, that's important, but it's also that both of you are inspired by a better tomorrow um, and that commitment. And I think it's fascinating to think of private practice physicians, you know, having, you know, that commitment, you know, to building. So it's, um, I, a deep respect for both of you in having that uh, that view. So, interesting. And Dr. Perry, I would be remiss if I did not give you the opportunity to plug your radio show. And I don't know if it was the same time, but you and my father may have crossed paths at Rutgers Radio because he was at Rutgers Radio in the early oh. 70s. So that's that's how I ended up following that that path. I have that uh, I guess you could say that gene. Thank you. Yeah, the URSU, 1974 to seven. It was <laughs> those were fun years. Uh, it was a great radio station. Uh, yeah, I, I'm on WOR in New York now, six o'clock on Saturday evenings. I, I can't imagine you all haven't listened for the last 16 years. <laughs> every every Saturday, what else is there to do? I'm opposite cousin Brucey, who's on ABC now. So <laughs> that's a tough one to uh, go up against. But if you're interested in medicine or uh, plastic surgery or or what you look like, listen to my show. <laughs> I feel sorry for cousin Brucey. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. It's <laughs> to knock on your door. <laughs> well, Dr. Arthur Perry, Dr. Mike Nissenblatt, thank you so much for joining us today. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very really, much. Pre- really appreciate it. And as always, you can subscribe to Medically Necessary on your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We're also on YouTube, and we have that link on the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital Medical Staff Portal. For Dr. Jim Salitz. For Chris Honig. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Medically Necessary, brought to you by the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital Foundation.